Lord's so sticky over here. Welcome in to the Fantasy Playmakers Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Popelars. You can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Joined as always with my co-host, Ryan Mackey, who you can find on Twitter at Mackey underscore FFB. What's up, Ryan? Uh, nothing, man. I'm just uh, I'm laughing at Luke because he said uh, he said he said that just we started going live, so I'm pretty sure that got recorded. So good, uh, it'll, be, it'll be in there. Uh, yeah, leave it in. It's great. <laughs> Ryan uh, alluded to our special guest today, who is Luke Sawhook. He is a social media works with Dynasty Nerds, the Fantasy Network, and he also is a writer at Fantasy Pros and Fanside. What's up, Luke? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, just a quick sidebar that everyone else in the room is aware of, except for me. Well, I, everyone here knows, but no one watching this right now knows yet. Um, I was running a little late. I just got back from the dining hall at my college, and um, I was just like hustling to get ready for the show. And I was trying to get like my my USB from my microphone plugged into my laptop, and I was like yanking on the cord and it won't come up. So I was like, ah, so I, like move my desk and I like yanked the cord again. And then my I had like a cup of like Mountain Dew, um, like a fountain drink from the dining hall, and it spilled like literally the entire thing spilled on the floor. Uh, so I spent the last like seven minutes. Uh, I was already like sh- I showed up like right at like six forty-five when we were supposed to go live. So we, I uh, I made us late by like six minutes by like wiping Mountain Dew off my floor. So uh, that's what was just going down over here. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Should be fun. Um, I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm looking forward to discussing the uh, the divisional breakdown for today. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, let's have a good one. For sure, I'm excited too. Uh, I always kind of like these breakdowns. Kind of gives you an idea of like where everybody stands. So, and that's why I picked you too. I knew you were a Steelers fan. So I figured why not bring you on for that? So Go Steelers. Uh, quick thing, uh, Ryan, why don't you uh, read? We have a promo today from King sports draft guide. Yeah. So today's episode is brought to you by King sports, King fantasy sports. Sorry. Uh, if you guys want to go check out King fantasy sports draft kit and get the advantage over your league mates this draft season, do the right preparation and start your season off right you'll get rankings breakouts busts, values and sleepers have some funky settings learn how to make your own projections stop sitting on the sidelines and buy it now until the end of may it's only 719 after which is 899 a month or no sorry 899 period use our promo code playmakers to get an additional 10 percent off so we're talking less than ten dollars get everything you need in your arsenal to not just compete but dominate your leagues Good looks. You know, that was well done, Ryan. You know, the first one, no. and I think, you know. Nah, you're good. <laughs> I think it was great. I think it was great, right, Luke? I think so. I think you did great. You're also pretty handsome, so that works. Yeah, always goes, right? Found out he's 6'4 today, too. Like, I always thought he was, like, normal height. 6'4 is a big boy. Can you yeah, I know. He's like, he's not, I'm not that tall. And I'm like, yeah, coming from me, he was, like, 5'8". Yeah, you're, like, a giant. I don't know what Can you dunk? I don't know, probably. Good. Okay. I'm six feet tall and I can't dunk. So, yeah, so you've got that going on us. All right. We're going to talk a little bit quick breaking news because Ryan really wanted to talk about this. Uh, so, I'm going to have to mention it. Um, Tim Tebow signed in no. Jacksonville. So, I personally have not much to say. I mean, he's 33 and I think it's just kind of, I don't know, maybe ran out of money. I don't know what's going on there. But, hey, 
I mean, he doesn't have much to compete against there in that tight end room. So, Ryan, I'll let you talk about it quick because you were so hot and heavy to talk about it. No, I'm just, uh, I was just saying, like, a as a speculative, very bottom of the roster ad, I mean, why not? I, I literally had, like I told you before the show, I had a roster spot available in our yards per league, and taxi squads filled up. I'm full of rookies already. So, I added them a tight end premium league with a huge tight end premium. So I, uh, I took a chance on it. Figured why not? Yes. I'm not saying Adam, but yeah, I mean, you, you gave us like a two, two and a half reception tight end bonus. So I don't know what you were doing there, but either way, um, let's just dive right into this. Um, I want to start off with the Cincinnati Bengals. For me, I think the Bengals were definitely an interesting team this offseason. Um, I definitely thought the draft was pretty uh, pretty interesting, taking Chase over a lineman who they obviously needed help with, seeing as in Joe Burrow only played 10 games last year. Um, but why don't I uh, start off with you, Ryan? Why don't we go in order? Let's talk about Joe Burrow first. He uh, played 10 games last year. He was Per game basis, he was the 16th quarterback in PPR, and he did finish 24th overall. Do we think that Joe Burrow is going to repeat this, or do you think he's going to exceed that, or I guess be worse? So on a on a per game basis, I feel like he's probably going to stay right around there. I think Mixon coming back obviously helps him quite a bit, and Jamar Chase obviously helps him a little bit. They did address that offensive line in the draft in the middle rounds there. So it's not as big of a concern for me, but I, I, I personally, from a football standpoint, would have had them taken uh, Penny Sewell, but I can't really argue against Chase seeing how he's a pretty, uh, pretty well known prospect that he's the best wide receiver in the class, at least up to this point. So I think, uh, I think adding him was a, as a, was a good point, was a good weapon spot for them, but they also added Riley Reef in, at, a, at the tackle spot as well. So they can play Riley there at right tackle, play Jonah Williams at left tackle, and they'll they'll make it work. Joe is coming back from that obliterated knee, so that kind of gives me a little bit of pause for his his ability to get out of the pocket initially. But I think with Higgins and Chase and Tyler Boyd, I think they won't have too many issues getting open and getting the ball out quickly and having Mixon back run the play action a little bit and give a little bit more time. Uh, I I like Bro a lot this year. So before I swing over to Luke, do you think he's going to be QB two or do you think he creeps into that QB one borderline? I think, I think he's a borderline QB one as of this moment right now. I'd like to see how he's doing in OTAs and training camps, things like that. See how his recovery is going. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was on pace for over 600 pass attempts last year. So with the added game, he, I think I, I put it out on Twitter. He's going to, he's, he was on pace for like 681 pass attempts, something like that, which is just unreal. I don't see that happening again. I don't see them throwing the ball 40 times a game next year with Mixon being back. But even if he stays around that 30 range, he's still getting plenty of opportunities to be in that QB one range, especially with his, he's, he's accurate. So he's going to, he's not going to throw too many interceptions. He's going to throw a lot of touchdowns with weapons he has. So yeah, it's right now I'd say he's a borderline QB one. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to swing it over to Luke here in just one second. But like you said, I mean, last year they had 60% of their touchdowns came through the air. So I think I like that. I think I'm pretty high on Burrow. I like him at that QE 12, 13 range. So, Luke, how do you feel about Joe Burrow? 
I really like Burrow's outlook, especially in dynasty leagues. I have him as a top five dynasty quarterback for me. I think that I'm not too concerned about the knee. I think his uh, recovery has gone really well so far. I mean, full confidence from him saying that he's going to be ready week one. The organization's pretty confident he's going to be ready week one. I'm not too sure it's a lock, uh, but I do think that they did address the offensive line, even though they did not draft uh, Panay Sewell like I thought they should have, but it's okay. Um, for fantasy football, I think that might have been a good thing, though. Not going to lie. Uh, adding Jamar Chase is great for fantasy football for Joe Burrow. And, I mean, obviously you want him to stay on his feet and not be in the dirt. But for fantasy's sake, adding an elite wide receiver one to complement yourself with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, you have a nasty three-headed monster in Cincinnati now. And with their pretty poor defense, I think we're going to see a lot of passing volume from him and good efficiency numbers. And I think he definitely will enter the fringe QB1 maximum like QB8 uh, zone next season. I think he's going to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. And I like that. And you definitely hit on it there with adding Jamar Chase. And I'm going to swing to that now with the three-headed monster of T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. Higgins and Boyd both finished in the wide receiver two to wide receiver three, like high-end wide receiver three. And then we're adding Jamar Chase. Now, you both alluded to a very high pass-heavy team. They do throw the ball on average of 60% of the time. Um, so what do we expect? Do we think all three of these guys can be viable in this offense as far as a passing volume goes? Luke, why don't we start with you? We'll swing back through. You kind of hit at it a little bit. I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. And also, maybe if you want to talk about Drew Sample, do we think he's an option at tight end for anybody in a deep league? No. Drew Sample is irrelevant <laughs> to me. Sorry, I don't know if you, if you guys like him. I think he's a blocking tight end. If anyone, it's going to be CJ Uzama. He was injured, and that's why Sample had any relevance last year. If any, I think Sample's the tight end suit there. I don't think he's going to do anything. But for the three-head monster, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there, honestly. Um, I've started the sour a little on T. Higgins, just because I feel like Jamar Chase really takes away his ceiling. I'm pretty sure it's going to be... Unless they're firing on all cylinders, I think it's going to be pretty much impossible for T. Higgins to finish inside the top 10, top 8. I don't think it's possible anymore, honestly. Um, for Boyd, I think he's going to be safe, but I think his ceiling is also taken away as well. I think Tyler Boyd will still be a consistent, reliable wide receiver too. T. Higgins will probably be a wide receiver too as well. If anyone, I think they're all going to be like wide receiver 2 or 3. I think we're going to see a bit of a, a Pittsburgh Steelers situation for them next season with a higher ceiling. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, as, as far as who truly ascends, I think it will be Jamar Chase. But it's going to be interesting to find out what happens. I think that they all have their own secure rule, uh, roles laid out for them. Uh, but I'm really curious, especially to see what happens with T. Higgins, because we already know what Tyler Boyd is. He's the slot uh, underneath target guy who will get peppered. Um, but will A.J. Green's departure really impact T. Higgins' role? Or, or will it be more of the same as far as last year? But Jamar Chase will be acting as A.J. Green, but obviously a lot better because Green was washed. But you know what I mean? No, and I agree. And I think that I think it's very viable that all three of these guys are like you had said that Pittsburgh Steelers, they're all going to be I almost feel like their ceilings are hurt. I think it's going to be hard for one of these guys to oh, really yeah. get into that wide receiver one territory. But I think you could have a fringe like I think Jamar Chase could be that fringe type guy where he's in that top 15 and he's going to get the targets from AJ Green, which was close to 100 in the first 16 weeks of the season. So and like you'd said, AJ Green was fairly washed, didn't produce much after the catch where Jamar Chase is going to be able to. So I think that all three are very viable. Um, and I think Jamar Chase is probably the one you want to own out of here. Tyler Boyd's always going to be reliable. You know who he is. But then T. Higgins and Chase, I think, are going to be the two that are going to kind of affect each other. 
Um, it's really going to depend on, I guess, the red zone for me on who's going to finish higher. You know what I mean? Is Chase going to start to become that end zone target or are they still going to more so lean towards Higgins? Um, so I think that's something to monitor. But for me, I think I want Jamar Chase out of these three. Um, I do like Tyler Boyd as a later, like mid round type pick. Um, but I think I agree. I think Jamar Chase is the guy that you want to own and who's most likely has the highest ceiling of these three. Ryan, do you have anything to add to that, or do you want to talk about Joe Mixon a little? Uh, no, I was just going to say that uh, Cincinnati ran 11 personnel 76% of the time. So they're going to, all three of them are going to be on the field majority of the time. They're not, they don't really move off of that very often. So they very easily could see, like I said, with all the past attempts they had, like Luke had said, their defense is not very good. They didn't get much better in the draft or free agency or anything like that. So they're still going to have to throw a bunch and all of them could see 90 plus when, even with the 17 game season, maybe, maybe two of them see hundred plus targets, maybe Higgins and, uh, and Chase see hundred targets. Um, but so I, I do think that they could definitely be wide receiver twos Boyd, probably a lower end wide receiver two and Higgins a mid wide receiver two with Chase being a borderline wide receiver one, depending on how his, uh, uh, touchdown profile looks like. So I, I agree with you guys at that point. All right, and let's see here. Just real quick, let's do a quick swing around. We won't talk too much about him because he hurts our heart every single offseason. But Joe Mixon, last year on a per-game basis, was RB9. Does he finish as an RB1 this season? Ryan? Luke, go ahead. You look like you want to say something. Go ahead. I did, yeah. I think I think he's going to be good. I think that they've added a lot. Uh, I think that adding all the weapons will help him. I think the box will be really nice in his favor because they're going to have to spread out and cover these wide receivers. I think that if Mixon can stay healthy – uh, sure, he might be a little inconsistent on his Amari Cooper-ish, uh, if you know what I mean. But I think that he will be very reliable throughout the year. I like it. Who's ready to get hurt again is what I'm going to say. I am. <laughs> Ryan, no, anything I, else? Or are you I, good? I, I own Mixon in a couple leagues, and I'm, I'm definitely excited. I've had a lot of trade offers for him. I've turned them all down because they the, the coaching staff has came out and said that they want him on the field for all three downs, which – I like, but I don't like at the same time, very injury or seems to be very injury prone. So last year he was, he had through those six games that he had played, he had his career high per game and uh, rushing attempts, targets, receptions, and he ended up getting hurt for six games. So I'm not quite sure. I understand why they want to have him on the field. Cause I, I feel like he's an elite playmaker for that offense, but can he stay healthy long enough to become an RB one, which I, th- I think he can be an RB one, a low an RB one at that, but he, uh, I think I think you can get there. Just you just gotta gotta stay healthy. Pick up Chris Evans in your yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I Have think him on your bench. I yeah, swear to God, it's in my notes. It's in my notes yeah. to go get Chris Evans. That was I was gonna just ask you guys that real quick too. Is is Chris Evans worth it? And I agree. I think like Luke had just said and chimed in there. I think Chris Evans is definitely a great add late in your dynasty drafts. He's not going high, fourth, fifth round. Just add him and stash him on the bench because. The only other option there is Samaj P. Ryan, and I mean, he might get the play, but I think Chris Evans has a lot of talent, and I think that he has a chance to be like a fill-in if uh, Mixon goes down and possibly use more of the pass game too, depending on how that offense breaks down. But let's move to a team that doesn't have a running back issue, we'll say. Let's move to the Cleveland Browns. <clears throat> now, the Cleveland Browns, I think, didn't – I mean, they didn't do anything flashy, I'd say, in the offseason as far as like fantasy goes. It's pretty much the same roster they rolled out last year as far as playmakers go. So why don't we just kind of start here with the running backs? I mean, you have Nick Chubb who finished 
on a per game basis as RB seven in PPR leagues and cream hunt who was 18 in PPR leagues. However, overall cream hunt did finish eighth and Nick Chubb did finish 13th. Um, how do we see this backfield shaking out? Obviously Chubb missed time this year, which allowed hunt to be a little bit more viable, but do we think that both are going to be within that running back two range this year? We'll start with you, Ryan, for this one real quick. Well, I, I think Chubb, as long as he's healthy, I think he's a locked-in RB1. I mean, they they lean on him so much. I think their defense got a lot better. They're going to be tough. Uh, they're going to be tough on defense. They added a lot of guys, uh, Clowney and Anthony Walker, Malik Jackson, John Johnson, Troy Hill. They, they added a lot of guys on defense. So that, that defense is going to be tough, so they're going to be in a lot of positive game scripts for them to give, just give Chubb the ball and let him run out the clock. So I think he's a locked-in RB1. Uh, Cream Hunt, I feel like he's just consistently in that RB2 discussion like every week, regardless of if Chubb is playing or not. And obviously he has RB1 upside if Chubb has, happens to go down. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always excited about this backfield for the last couple of seasons because of just how they, how they use them and how effective they both are when they get their opportunity. Yeah, I mean, Luke, how do you feel about that? I, I kind of agree a lot with what Ryan's saying. I think Nick Chubb's the guy. And I think Kareem Hunt's just viable. I mean, they're they're both great value. For me, and Nick Chubb's a huge value right now in most dynasty startups that I've done. I mean, you're getting him in like the fourth round sometimes at Superflex. And like that to me screams. I mean, this guy's got like the RB top five type production that he could produce, especially in this offense. Do you feel the same way? Like that top five kind of range? Yeah, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll be top five just because Kareem Hunt exists. I, I think if Kareem Hunt wasn't there, I think he definitely would be top five. I think he'll be. I think like Nick Chubb's like domain, like where Nick Chubb lives, is like RB six to ten, and I feel like that's exactly he's like a locked and loaded like RB six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Like he's a stud. He will go off for RB one weeks. I'm just saying, like on the season, he probably won't finish as like the like RB three or anything like that just because Kareem Hunt exists. Um, but I feel like both guys will finish in the top twenty. At running back, I feel like, I mean, Kareem Hunt is an excellent player. And I feel like they've been really utilizing how to unlock him the last couple of years and try to figuring him uh, figuring him out a little bit. And I feel like they have a great rapport there. I mean, he re-signed in Cleveland. He must really like it there. And I think they're both going to be top 24 for sure, possibly both top 20. Or right, Nick Chubb will be top 10. Uh, not a doubt in my mind. For sure. I love it. Now, let's see. I think after those two, I think this team gets a little bit murky. Like, do we believe Baker Mayfield made that jump now? Like, is Baker Mayfield firmly in the top 20 quarterbacks? He finished at 18 or 19 last season. Do it's all think? the coaching for me. I don't think that he's really – I don't – I don't. I honestly – I don't I don't know why. I've just never been a Baker Mayfield fan. I'm a Steelers fan, but I, I try to be as non-biased as possible with my takes. Like, I love Joe Burrow and stuff, and – I just don't like Baker. I just don't. I don't know why. He just doesn't feel special to me. I feel like he's a game manager at best, but that comes with some flair on the field. I don't know. I feel like he's super inconsistent throughout his career. He can light you up, but he also can throw 150 yards and like two interceptions in a game. Like you, you get a lot or you get a little from him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski in that offense has really changed him. I feel like he's uh, playing more to his strengths. Um, I feel like he's a, a QB too. Uh, for redraft and dynasty purposes, but he's solid. I think he gets the job done, especially on field for the Cleveland Browns. I don't really know if Baker Mayfield's a, a Super Bowl winning type quarterback, uh, unless they have a perfect squad around him. 
But I'm really interested interested to see what happens with him this year with his weapons, especially if uh, Odell Poopum Jr. can stay on the field because um, he can't at all recently. So I, I honestly have no idea what to expect uh, with that receiving core and Baker. So, yeah, that's where know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Ryan. Actually, you can put a little touches in there if you want on Baker. But what is this wide receiver core and even the tight end group? I feel like a lot of them aren't overly exciting anymore i think you would say you'd say this a couple of years ago saying odell beckham jr and jarvis landry just don't really excite me you'd probably get weird looks but i feel like this is kind of a regular feeling around the fantasy community right now that what is odell beckham going to be now coming back from an acl he's just never been on the field like luke had said that relative and then you got jarvis landry who's like he's good at times but then he just disappears like he just he's all reliable Kind yeah, of. he just he, he's a lot like Jamison Crowder or even like Tyler Boyd. You know, he's like a PPR machine, but tends to win leagues sometimes like that late. He always has like a late push in the season and he always gets teams into playoffs. So what should we expect from Landry, Beckham, Hooper or even say Harrison Bryant? Are any of these guys guys that we want to trade for if we don't roster them already? So I to your point about Landry and late season pushes, I was in a league in a charity league that had my team was seven and six or seven and five going into week 13 where the playoffs were about to start. And how it worked was your top, your top five teams automatically made it in your 16 that made it in was the highest scoring team to, to that wasn't in the playoffs. So like you could have been the eight seed, but if you're the highest scoring team in that, of that group that didn't make the playoffs, you got in the playoffs. So uh, because of Jarvis Landry, I made the playoffs because I became the highest scoring team of that bottom of that bottom group because he made one of those late season pushes. I feel like he he does have those weeks where he can go off and he'll have eight catches for 40 yards and a touchdown or two. And it'll, it'll, it'll win you a week because he has just little games like that. But in terms of guys that you want to trade for, I don't think I don't think you want to or I don't even think you could because OBJ is such a household name that people still look at him as an elite wide receiver I, I feel like you wouldn't be able to get you wouldn't be able to trade him for a, at a value so you kind of have to hold him and hope that he just kind of comes back uh Harrison Bryant at profiles to be a good tight end and I feel like and maybe in tight end premium leagues if you have a taxi squad taxi squad spot to hold him in you can let him sit there for another year or so until they that tight end room gets straightened out because of Njoku and Hooper are obviously still there. And Njoku was a first round pick, I believe. So it just, it's just one of those things where nobody on their team really excites you. And they drafted Anthony Schwartz in the third round. So like their, their entire offense as a whole outside of the running backs is kind of murky, but it, I feel like it will be good enough for them to, to do what they got to do. Cause like I said, they're going to be a lot of positive game scripts. So they might not be very fantasy friendly, but they will be good enough to get them to where they want to go. All right. So outside of Nick Chubb, who do we want to own? I guess. So we got to pick one of these and it could be anybody who I guess I didn't name off at this moment. Luke, who would you want to own out of the Cleveland Browns? Outside uh, of Chubb. Well, Kareem Hunt, I guess. Right. I mean, well, oh, yeah, take him out. Of those, yeah, outside of the running backs because they're good. We know that sure. they're yeah. Um, probably Jarvis Landry. Um, outside of the injury concern of Odell Beckham Jr. As, for sorry for dynasty, I'd rather have Odell. For redraft, I'd rather have Jarvis Landry. I'll give I'll give that perspective. I think next season, I'm not too sure what we're gonna get out of Odell Beckham Jr. 
Um, I think Jarvis Landry, we know what he is. He is an old, reliable kind of uh, face for fantasy football. Odell Beckham Jr. could be really good, uh, but I think his ADP for redraft will be higher than Jarvis Landry's. I almost guarantee it. And uh, for Dynasty, I'd rather have Odell because the name value holds more in trades. It's just that simple. And if he does flash anything, you can dump him for good rookie capital or young players like Brandon Ayuk or Denzel Mims or something like that if you get lucky. Um, so that's what I would That's what I would do. I would rather have Odell in Dynasty and Jarvis in redraft. Besides that, I don't really care. Real quick, though, I do think that um, – oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Harrison Bryant, the rookie tight ends, uh, second-year tight end, I should say. Great, great stash in uh, tight end premium leagues, especially for Dynasty, because Austin Hooper, they're going to get out of his contract whenever they can eventually because I strongly don't think he's worth the money if they already have a good backup tight end in Harrison Bryant. And David Njoku is still there, is he not? Uh, yeah, he is. So, yeah, I think I think Hooper will be gone uh, sooner rather than later, and Harrison Bryant will shine when he gets the opportunity because last season when Hooper went down, he did. He had, like, a two-touchdown game, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah, he had, yeah, like, a 23-point week. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yep. yep. I agree. I like it. All right, Luke, we're going to move on to the Steelers. So I'm going to start you. Love I'm going to allow you to rant here. This is your team, so I don't want to infringe. But so let's just list it off. We got Roethlisberger, who was a QB 12 last year. We have Najee Harris, the new ad at running back. We have Chase Claypool, Schmidt Schuster, Deontay Johnson, who all finished relatively close to wide receiver two numbers. Chase was the only one outside of it at 25. Eric Ebron was tight end 10, and then they also added Pat Fryermuth. So, Luke, what are we expecting out of the two rookies, and can we expect the same finishes or better from the three wide receivers? That's a good question. So, for the rookies, Najee, I think, is going to be really good next season. The only concern for me is the offensive line play. I think that Najee will probably – I feel like just the opportunity alone, he'll be a safe top 15 running back, from uh, in my opinion um they're, they're gonna feed him the ball he's gonna be on the field almost every single down i'd say unless he gets injured or something like that happens i think he'll be great for fantasy uh pat fryermuth i don't think he's gonna do anything this year really i mean he'll be okay every once in a while but eric ebron is their guy this season but he's only has one year left on his contract with six million dollars i'm getting fryermuth non-stealers take like i non-biased i think he's in an excellent ad in tight end premium leagues and rookie drafts he'll be in the mid second round somewhere in that range you can get him put him on your bench for one season he'll be the starter in pittsburgh for a long time and pittsburgh loves their tight ends when they have a good one um when we had heath miller for a really long time he was great for fantasy football uh he was a really reliable fantasy tight end and they utilized him a ton they they've been looking for a tight end for a long time if you haven't been paying attention to the steelers tight ends room um they had heath miller retired then we had Jesse James for a while. Uh, we signed Ladarius Green from the Chargers, which failed miserably. He had terrible concussion issues. Um, and then, yeah, we had Jesse James for a long time. And then we signed uh, Eric Ebron. And now we're in the, the phase of Eric Ebron. But they've been looking for the long-term solution at tight end for a very long time now. And I think that them spending the draft capital on Fryermuth in the second round was an excellent choice for them because they did find the long-term solution now. And I think that he's a really talented prospect. Uh, he's gotten comparisons to uh, a many Gronk or actually Heath Miller. Uh, he can do it all, and he'll be on the field a ton, getting a lot of snaps. So in the future when he will be starting, um, I think he'll be really good just because he'll be on the field a ton, and he'll be seeing targets and touchdowns. So uh, Stash, Fryermuth, and Najee will be good this season is my analysis as of now. <laughs> Ryan, do you have anything to add? I mean, Luke pretty much nailed it there, and I, I agree with basically almost everything he said. I mean, I think – and I agree. I think Najee's the, the concern for me with Najee is that 
that offensive line. I just see him coming from a team that was so dominant in college football and especially the dominant offensive line that he had like holes to run through most of the time. Like, I mean, just wide open gaping holes sometimes. And you're coming to a team that is near the bottom five in offensive line play who didn't really add anything overly exciting to improve that. Um, So aside from the players themselves, improving from OTAs practice, just technique work, um, I don't see them improving too much. I also don't know. I, I want to believe Tomlin and say that they're going to go back to running the ball a lot, but I mean, the past three years, they've been almost at 60% in passing. They want to, but they can't. That's why they have it. Like that's that's simple. They will, if they they can, they will. Uh, They just haven't had the talent in the, in the lineman for it. I think is the issue. No, and I, I can totally agree with that because everything that you look at backs that up, whether you use pro football focus grades or just purely the eye test, like you could see that that line just can't create holes. And then I think, though, that also you're going to see that improvement, too, with the three wide receiver sets, that that box is going to be light for Najee. So as long as he can get through that line, he's – I mean, wide, or running back one numbers aren't out of the question here for him. Um, Ryan, what do you think with Najee Harris and or any of these other Steelers? So I, I, I do agree that Harris could definitely be in that top 15 range. The only, the only thing is I, I'd like to see them be a little bit more balanced in terms of an offense. Like you said, they, they were throwing the ball 64% of the time last year. So they need to kind of balance that out a little bit more. I think with Matt Canada coming in as a new offensive coordinator, I think that will happen. I think he is more of the run style offense that they, that they like to see. He ran when he was at Maryland, they ran the ball a, a lot compared to how they were before. Uh, and just their offense in general, I'm kind of curious as the, maybe Luke might know, but 14, 14 or 19 or fewer points in four of their last six games last season. I, I don't know what exactly happened if they just, just got tired and old. Cause they, a lot of those guys are old. I mean, Pouncey retired and Villain away was up there, but they their offense just did not show any sign of life at the end of last season. They they really depended on their defense to get off to that really hot start, and they just couldn't keep up offensively with the other teams. So I'm just I'm kind of concerned about that. But in terms of volume, I mean, we saw James Robinson run for a thousand yards in Jacksonville, who don't who their offensive line isn't that great either. So unless people are thinking that Najee isn't as good as James Robinson, I don't see any reason why he can't be in that top 15 range. Absolutely. And to answer your question about the offensive struggles, our offense, our former offensive coordinator was just an idiot. Uh, Randy Feekner, he was Ben's longtime quarterback coach. He was just an idiot, honestly. He ran, they ran the same exact offensive scheme every single week this year. Um, and then they were 11-0. and And then I forget what game it was. They, they squeaked out a win over Baltimore. And it was like the, the beginning of the end. So they squeaked out a win against Baltimore. And they played Washington the next week. And then whatever Baltimore did to slow down the offense, Washington picked up on it on film, and they completely neutralized it. And after the game, Chase Young even said that Baltimore exposed their offense and, like, how simple it was, and they just stopped it. And after that, every team knew the formula how to stop their offense. And then from that point on, they struggled because they never changed it. They just never changed it. So basically, they ran the same thing the entire year. A team figured it out on the back half of the season. And then from that point on, everyone just deployed a strat to, to stop it. And then they they were just screwed because they didn't make any adjustments. It was really weird. I feel like they were a lot like, honestly, I'll say it, the Bills. You know what I mean? The same thing. The Bills really were just one-dimensional. You know what I mean? And the Steelers were exactly the same all year. It was just a pass-heavy offense that 
they were working on a high efficiency. You know what I mean? Their players were making plays. They were just efficient and just getting ahead early and teams just couldn't keep up really. And then I think, like you said, the Ravens or so, or, and, or Washington both kind of figured it out and they were so one dimensional that there was no other way to go. You know what I mean? Like how many adjustments can you make when you are basically a passing offense? You know, you can scheme the receivers open a little bit differently, but I just feel like the addition of Najee is just going to help that whole offense in general, as long as he is effective. You know what I mean? It's not like they didn't try to run the ball last year. They were just very ineffective. James Conner couldn't get the job done. I mean, Benny Snell couldn't, Anthony McFarland, no matter who it was back there, they just couldn't get the job they done. They wanted to badly, too. Like, yeah. after every game when it sucked, like, Tomlin, every press conference is like, we will figure this out. Like, we need to fix the running game. Like, we need to fix it. And they just never could because the offensive line are a bunch of old men who could pass block really well but not run block for some reason. And uh, the running back room was just filled of talent that needed a good offensive line or else they won't be able to do anything. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, why don't we go with, Outside of not because everybody wants to own Najee Harris, who doesn't want to own him. But outside of him, who are we taking? Are we rostering Ben Roethlisberger as a QB one this year? Do we think he's going to produce those numbers? Ryan, go first. I don't know. <laughs> no, I no, I don't think so. I I don't think he has the arm strength anymore to really push the ball down. I feel like he used to. I think he's a lot more that dink and dunk type guy that nobody really wants to admit that, but. I, I just think that's how it is. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more because I, what I say, 64% of the time they pass the ball. There's no way they're going to do that again. Uh, they're going to, they're going to feed Najee quite a bit. I mean, unless, unless Najee breaks a lot of, breaks a lot of big plays with the act or DJ can break a lot of yards with the act or Juju, like they have the weapons to do that. But in terms of like, I, I think Chase Claypool is hurt the most this season. I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of him this year, especially in uh in terms of redraft, just because he, I just don't know what the offense is going to look like with the new offensive coordinator. And like I said, I don't think Ben has the strength to push the ball down field like Claypool is really looking to do. So I, I think I want to own DJ more than anybody outside of Najee in that offense, just because he's a target monster. Like I think he, he had to have averaged double digit targets a game last year. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. I didn't look, but he had to have been close to it if he wasn't. So I think he's probably the, the guy that I want to own the most. In, in both redraft and dynasty, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his average was, but he did only have five games under double digits in targets. So for so he probably averaged over ten, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is. Uh, I would. I would probably. It's close. I think they're literally back to back to back in my dynasty rankings. Maybe the Steelers wide receivers. Um, I think you should like Chase Claypool. I understand the concerns with the new offensive coordinator screen, scheme, but if anything, the offense will get better. And he is their go-to target in the red zone. They feed the crap out of him. I was actually uh, researching questions for Fantasy Jeopardy tonight. And um, Claypool's numbers in the red zones are, like, top tier in the NFL. Like, they feed him uh, down there. But it, it was also really weird uh, as a Steelers fan. The offensive coordinator, who is an idiot, as I said earlier, um, he believes really hard in the rookie wall, like, halfway through the season. So if you look at Claypool's game-to-game statistics – in the middle of the season, there's this gap where he's not as active, or like mid to late season, if I remember correctly. They just stopped giving him as much snaps and as much looks because the offensive coordinator thought he was going to hit the rookie wall, which is so stupid in my opinion. Um, and then towards the back after the season again, they started giving him the ball. He just like he just passes the eye test in every way possible, and I just feel like he's a really, really talented wide receiver. Um, like if you, if you remember 
towards the end of the year, they were having a really, really bad drop problem in the receiving room. He he caught every ball. Like he, he just doesn't drop it. And he, I think he's just really good. Uh, but I think Deontay Johnson is the best fantasy producer there outside of Najee next season, as far as leading the team in points. Juju is more of a real life player at this point on the Steelers. He, he will produce every once in a while, but he's much more of a just like consistent slot guy for the real life purposes. Um, Deontay Johnson will be the, the best fantasy asset, not named Najee Harris there next year. Probably Claypool could upstage him, but I doubt it. I like it. I like it. Why don't we move on to like uh, another just team that's full of Merc as far as fantasy. I goes. do actually have to do something real quick. This is awkward, but a friend, <laughs> I'm the worst guest ever today. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but a friend, a friend of mine is coming to pick up uh, my roommate. He's not here this semester and he left some of his stuff and I move out tomorrow and he has some of his stuff here. So a friend's coming to pick that up real quick. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Hang on. All right, Ryan. <laughs> We're going to start off with the Ravens and we'll get his take at the end. So why don't we talk about what, like I said, a very murky situation here in Baltimore. And I think a team that's left very, the two options that most people would want were very disappointing last season. So why don't we talk about Lamar Jackson real quick? Finished as a QB nine last season. Where are we taking Lamar Jackson right now? I, I've seen him go in a lot of different areas in startups for super flex. Is he still in your top five quarterbacks for dynasty? If I, if I have to say right now, I'm going to say no, no, he's not in top five. I feel like I would rather have Mahomes, Kyler, Josh Allen, Dak, and Herbert, maybe. Herbert, yeah, but I mean, he's he's borderline. He's there. I mean, he's not he's not out of the top ten or anything like that by any means. He, but I don't think he's top five in my opinion, just because of his. He's just so inconsistent with his arm. Like, he he did get hot at the end of the year. I will give I will give him that. He read he led the team in rushing in the red zone inside the twenty. He had the most attempts, so his touching his touchdown upside is high. But I'm just. They got a lot of weapons, but they, I just don't feel like Greg Roman's offense is good enough to make him anything more than just like if it, if for whatever reason he could no longer scramble tomorrow, he's probably a, a a bottom 20 fantasy option. You know what I mean? Like he's just not – his legs are what keep his floor so, so high and his ceiling so high. But if it weren't for his legs, like I feel like he just wouldn't do enough. They wouldn't pass enough to make him a viable option in, in that – in the fantasy space. I mean, they, they only threw the ball 42% of the time. So now is this, is this based on the weapons though? Now, can we make this argument that this team is obviously Roman tends to be a little bit run heavy. We know that as bills fans too, when he was here, but they still threw the ball a lot more than Baltimore does when Roman was here in Buffalo and, or even in San Francisco. Now, is it just purely because their starting wide receiver room was basically Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown and Des Bryant? who obviously has lost many steps. Um, so do we think that the influx here with the youth in Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, and we'll throw Mark Andrews in there, do we think that that, that room is much better than it was last year? Do we oh, think yeah. that has the same – doesn't need to be the same, but do you think it has a very – could it have a Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills type effect where all of a sudden – Lamar looks a lot better as a passer because he has better targets to which he's throwing to. Do you know what I mean? Like, is are these guys? Is this 
wide receiver landing spot getting overlooked because it's Baltimore when in reality Baltimore was doing what's best for the team and they were running 60% of the time because they didn't have anybody as a playmaker outside besides Marquise Brown. No, and I, I agree that the, the wide receiver room is, a, is much, much better, but do I think Rashad Bateman is digs? No. And I think that was like the biggest, the biggest thing obviously for Buffalo is that they, they got, an elite alpha wide receiver in digs. And I, Josh, I feel like Josh Allen had better natural raw talent that just wasn't, wasn't uh, getting to the surface yet. Like it wasn't, it wasn't there when he was drafted, he was too raw. And I feel like Lamar, I'm not, how much better do you really think he'll get as a passer? Like, I'm not saying he can't get better, but is he close to his ceiling as a passer? Or do you think it was strictly, do you, do you think it was strictly the weapons? Because I, like, I agree. I, I like Tylen Wallace coming out. I like Rashad Bateman obviously coming out. I feel like Mark Andrews is a top five tight end in the league. Their offensive line probably took a hit losing Orlando Brown, uh, who got traded to the Chiefs. So I, I, I'm just not – I'm not sure what to do with, with this offense in general because they, they run the ball so, so well and it's so effective. And it's gotten them to division titles and it's gotten them to – these playoff games, which Lamar hasn't won any yet. So like, what, what do you got to do to get over that, get over that hump? You know what I mean? Like, do you think they're going to throw enough to make Bateman or Wallace fantasy relevant in wide receiver space? Or do you think he's just, they're just going to stick to running the ball 60% of the time and just getting better production from the wide receivers when they do throw it? I think you're going to see a little bit closer to that 50, 50 split. I think you'll still see, 56 run, 54-ish uh, passing or so. I think that Bateman brings a whole nother level to this passing game. I think it's something that they haven't had in a while. Like they had like a they haven't had really that good route runner, which Bateman is. Tylen Wallace to me, I think, kind of is gonna bring that like he's been comp to, like a Steve Smith, kind of a little bit of an edge to it. But I just think that this wide receiver room, I think, is going to help Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to even help the run game just be more efficient, that they're going to be able to – not that it wasn't before. I mean, they were just highly efficient, especially for running 60% of the time. But I just – I really do think that Bateman actually has a good shot. I mean, he has a clear shot at a wide receiver one, and I just think that he kind of plays – the way he plays the game lends to Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? He's not a, necessarily a super deep ball threat guy. He kind of likes to run the slants. He runs the crosses. He runs mm-hmm. – operates well out of the slot, and if that's where they're going to play him, I mean, Lamar Jackson takes advantage of the middle of the field. So I just think that – I definitely st- feel like you had said. Lamar Jackson, I think, is that borderline QB5. I think he has that upside. I think last year was just – there's just something off about the offense. You know what I mean? You saw it even with Mark Andrews. You know what I mean? Like that just whole passing game – was just off. I feel like this year coming in, they're going to have better weapons. And then obviously they have the reins. They're going to be with JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who are going to be more effective than Mark Ingram was at the beginning of the season last year. Um, So I just think that I do think it makes a difference. I think Lamar Jackson should be going higher than he is in super flex drafts. That's my personal opinion. So Luke, since you're back, <laughs> we are discussing great guys. 
Oh, it's awesome. I love it. You know, it's just, you know, you know, it always adds character. You know? It's probably like my weirdest like guest appearance I've ever had. I spelled Mountain Dew all over the floor right before the show started. And then mid show, I had to like leave. Like this has never happened to me before. So yeah. You yeah. Know, like, leave early. What's going on? Man? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's happening. It's, it's, yeah. It's, we're just going to like, we'll have to bash you all over Twitter, but not really. Oh, no, I don't have to you're leave good. early, by the way. I'll, if I have to leave early, I'll leave at like 7.55 or something. And, like, no, you're good. We'll just finish this. I mean, we're just talking about the Ravens. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Lamar Jackson should be higher than he's going in Superflex? Do you think he's going to finish above QB9 where he finished last year? Do you think like that influx of the wide receivers is going to make him better? Do you think, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take that and run with it. So uh, I do think that Lamar Jackson will finish higher than QB9 this season. I think it's easy to project him back within the top six-ish range. I think he's going to be a stud. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Rashad Bateman believer. Uh, I'm a team. The biggest lesson I've learned is playing fantasy football this far. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm only 20. I haven't been playing fantasy football. That's uh, that seriously very long at all. I'm pretty new to this whole thing. Uh, but I know a lot, I think. So that's good. Um, but I've, the biggest thing I've learned recently is uh landing spot. Doesn't really matter as much for rookies. I, I'm trying to follow the talent, especially for wide receivers. And the comparison I always give for Rashad Bateman for people who don't really believe is uh, how gross A.J. Brown felt when he landed on the Titans at first. Everyone was fading A.J. Brown, I remember. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he's a really good player. I, he was the wide receiver uh, four on my board behind Jalen Waddle, And I thought that, I mean, he was drafted as the wide receiver five, but he went a lot later in the draft than I anticipated, landing in Baltimore. I think that the reason why the Baltimore Ravens passed the 32nd most in the NFL, so dead last, it's because they didn't have anyone to throw the ball to. I mean, think about it. If you were the Baltimore offensive coordinator, if you have Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, etc., and Mark Andrews, but a bunch of dudes at wide receiver minus Hollywood Brown, who's just a straight-line vertical throw with a little bit of wiggle, you're not going to throw the ball very much to wide receivers. But when you add in Tylen Wallace and you add in Rashawn Bateman, two pretty talented wide receivers, I think it makes a big difference, especially Rashad Bateman. It adds the wide receiver that they've been looking for, and they have been looking for it. They tried to sign Juju during free agency this past offseason. It's, it's been happening. Like They won a wide receiver. Add in Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know they have, a, they have a good receiver core now, in my opinion. Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, Sammy Watkins, Devin Duvernay, Miles um, Boykin. Like They have a pretty solid group. I mean, it's not like the best, but it's very, very doable, you know? And I think that Obviously, Lamar Jackson isn't the best passing quarterback in the world, but I think he gets a bad rep, especially because he doesn't throw the ball that much to his wide receivers. Obviously, I'm not expecting that Baltimore goes top 15 in passing volume, but I think they move from like 32 to like a minimum of like 26 or 25, which is enough of a pie for fantasy relevance. And uh, Rashad Bateman has the potential to get like a huge chunk of the target share in that offense. And I think that the team as a whole will be a really, really good fantasy offense going forward. Yeah, no, and I, I love that. I agree with everything you said there, and I, I was making that point while you disappeared on us. But, yeah, Great. I think – No, I, I love it. I love the backup on it. I, I agree. I think that Lamar Jackson – I just am surprised where he's going. I mean, he's going near the end of the first round in a lot of super flex drafts. And I mean, I think that's just crazy value. And you know what the disgust is? Is I'm in a home league rookie draft right now, and nobody would trade – the guy had Lamar – the team had Lamar Jackson on the block because they wanted to get in the first round for one of these rookie quarterbacks and nobody wanted to make a deal. Like, it's just crazy that nobody wants to go and get Lamar Jackson. Like the guy was offering, he just wanted a first this year and possibly a first next year, just like a little bit more on top of that. And Lamar Jackson's worth every penny of that. It was just surprising to me that nobody 
jumped on that. He was even taking like late first, you know what I mean? Like where the Zach Wilson range and like nobody wanted to do it. It was just crazy. I don't know if it's rookie hype or what it was, but like that's nuts. Yeah, it's just crazy that how many people are just down on Lamar Jackson, and it just it surprises me, honestly. Yeah, same. I got Bateman at the 202 on a Superflex 12. Yeah, that's where he's going pretty much. I've seen him. That's a Dude, the value there is crazy to me because if he landed on a better team, he, I guarantee you he would be drafted over like Devontae Smith sometimes. Yeah, and it, it, it. it kills me. I had a lot of 1.8 and 1.9 range stuff, and like Javante Williams is falling there, so I'm taking him. But like Bateman falling into the early second, and it just I couldn't get – those picks from people like they were just holding on to them and then they're taking Bateman and it's either because they still love Bateman or it's just because who falls into their lap and they're thinking that oh Mac Jones might follow me so I don't want to make that trade but I think Bateman where he's going I agree is just crazy value now let's talk about the running backs real quick um what do we think do we think JK Dobbins is a firm running back one do we think it's too murky to call that and do we think that we have where they finished last year as RB 31 and 38. Do you think that either of them can make it into RB two range, or are we going to see like a complete disaster because we don't know what they're going to get? How about we'll start with Luke. I think JK Dobbins is not a RB one locked and loaded just because of Gus Edwards looming uh, as a touchdown vulture and Lamar Jackson. Sure. He won't take the goal line touchdowns, but he'll rip them off from the 40 or 50 sometimes. Um, I just think that, J.K. Dobbins is locked and loaded top 18 to 15 for me. I think he's definitely in there. His ceiling is absolutely like top 10, top 8, top 5 even. No, sorry, like top 8-ish. Because kind of like I think his ceiling could be like a Nick Chubb. I think he could be a really, really good runner. He just doesn't get the receiving volume at all there. They don't pass him the ball like barely ever. And I just think that really takes away. I think that he could really become like a Nick Chubb kind of player for fantasy. I think that's actually a really good comp. Wow, I'm so smart. Um, <laughs> but Gus Edwards doesn't know. He's no Kareem Hunt. But I think that he could be – it can be kind of a weird situation kind of like that where there's a backup running back that's very capable of being a fantasy-relevant asset in Gus Edwards. Um, I think that he'll be an RB3 still unless he sees a lot of goal line touchdowns. And if Dobbins gets injured, of course, he'll be really relevant. Um, but I think that Gus Boss will still be around RB30-something. And Dobbins will probably be top 15 is what I would project. No, I like that. I mean, I'm a little higher on Dobbins. I think he can squeak into that top 12 um, because I think like he doesn't, he isn't a goal line vultured by Gus Edwards because it was almost last year at the end of the year, like they were using Dobbins on the goal line. It's just because of the way that he runs. I think he has good vision and I think they trust him on the goal line. So I do like that. I feel like he's not going to get that vultured goal line touches. But I, I hate that he's capped by Gus Edwards. Like, Gus Edwards is a great running back, and I love that. But I'm with Luke where, like, I wish I could see him fully locked and loaded. And I do think he could be Nick Chubb. I think it just stinks that even though that Lamar Jackson can't throw him the ball, because he's a very good pass catcher, too. I think that just Lamar Jackson's ability to run, he just, why am I going to pass it off to a running back? I'm just going to make the play myself. So I wish he had more of that passing volume because honestly, then I would be full in. I mean, he'd be top in five. Love. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he would be crazy. I, he just has so much talent. And I think it just, I don't know. It's something that hurts I me love I love J.K. Dobbins. I love last year's running back class so much because Dobbins is my RB3 ahead of the draft as far as a prospect. But he was like my favorite in my heart. Um, I wanted the Steelers to take him so bad last year. I like This year, I called my shot for Najee Harris all over the place. And it came true. Uh, but last year, I did the same thing for J.K. Dobbins. And uh, he was on he was on the board. He fell to us a little bit in the second round. He was there for us to take. 
and we passed on him for Claypool, which worked out. I think that was the correct pick looking back on it now because we have Najee and Claypool, so that's great. Um, but I was really sad we didn't take J.K. Dobbins because, and then I was even more pissed. I found out that Baltimore got him. I was like, oh, great. We're going to have to deal with him in Baltimore two times a year now. Um, but yeah, I love Dobbins. I love him. Yeah, you trust me. I was calling for the Bills to take him all last draft. Like, I was screaming at yeah. the screen. How and do you feel I, about the, the dance of Zach Moss and Devin? Don't Sanders? even, don't even get me started because I was just going to say, and then I ended up with freaking Zach Moss. And I know people like Zach Moss truthers out there, but. Do you I, think he's any good, Zach actually? Because I, no. I, I kind of see like there's some potential for him, but you don't think he's any good? I don't, I don't know if it's just he's not good or it's just that the Bills just can't run block. I don't really know what it That's is, fair. honestly. I just, it's another team that has a really good passing, blocking offensive line and a run team. And a, as far as the run game goes, they just aren't the greatest pass, like run you know, blockers. You, you want to hear one thing, though, that I took away as a silver lining from the draft from the Bills on taking a running back is it was good for Josh Allen for fantasy because oh, yeah. he gets those goal line rushing touchdowns still, which is oh, for sure. icing on top of the cake, which is fantastic. I think that really just adds. Uh, he he's my uh, dynasty QB two. In case you guys were wondering, I I love Josh Allen for fantasy. No, I think that the, he's the, my the two Russian, two. yeah, the, well, you're a Bills fan. I I would hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Kyler. It's between Kyler and him for QB two, in my opinion. And I think that Josh Allen just feels better. I love it. I love it. And I was just that was him making up for leaving us and spilling them out, dude. That's yeah, what that was. Yeah, I don't know if he's telling the truth. I, I'll have to see it on paper on Twitter. Uh, I will pull up my rankings right now and share my screen. <laughs> no, you're good. I believe you. Ryan, why don't you real quick, and we'll show, close the show out after you. How do you feel about Dobbins and Edwards? So, like you guys said, I, I feel like his ceiling is just so capped with Lamar being there. Like I said, he led, led the team in red zone rushing last year. He had the most attempts inside the 20-yard line. Uh, Gus Edwards is still there. I don't think he's – going away anytime soon although i do believe he's a unrestricted free agent next year after this season so yeah so in dynasty dobbins might be a value buy right now because maybe his ceiling does go up with gus leaves maybe he does jump into that top six range like jeremy me and you were in that yards per league and dobbins went the, at the 309 just after cam Akers, just before nick chubb oh, and, and get Gibson. started so, <laughs> so, so I think I think he's actually a value there at this at this point in Dynasty because he does his ceiling is capped now, but the the receivers that they added should open up the should open up the field a little bit more for him to be able to run a little bit more. Gus leaving next season, Lamar's not going anywhere, obviously. Uh Bateman obviously isn't going anywhere, Tyler Wallace isn't going anywhere, Mark Andrews isn't going anywhere. So like if you're looking to buy somebody not you can't get Dobbins cheap. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not going to be like a second round pick that you can get Dobbins for. But at a, he might be a top five running back after next season because of Gus leaving and that offense opening up and Bateman and Wallace being in their second year. So this year, I feel like he's a top. I feel like he's borderline top ten, maybe ten, twelve ish range. And then he, I feel like he's the kind of a long game guy for me for after the or the 22 season is when I feel like he'd be a top five guy. I love it because I was snatching him up last year and I preached it. It was my pinned tweet for a while until I had to put my uh, rookie guide, like my thread guide up there on it. But I have him as my RB one from that class, I think, in, a, in by next year. I think next year. I, I love Jonathan Taylor. Don't get nah, me wrong. Man. It's JT but, season, dude. I'm not even a Jonathan Taylor truther truther. I just don't. 
I just, I, I sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off like that, but no, I, I just don't think that there's an an oper- a way that with that offensive line and how much they're gonna feed him the rock that Jonathan Taylor slips off the one spot. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I just, I, I'm not sold yet that they're willing to give him that role. You know what I mean? Like last year, he fed. All of a sudden, JT came on. I love JT. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a terrible running back because I'll. Probably I won't get that. stone you. Don't worry. I'm, but, not, I'm not a psycho JT. Truth yeah, but like I just, I feel like he, he beat up he did the exact same that david montgomery did he beat up on a really weak schedule at the end of the season and everybody's still saying david montgomery stinks but yet they were really ready to say that jt was a bust by week five because he wasn't taking over that backfield so like all of a sudden he beat up on everybody and he now everybody's bad, back on though. a bad wagon that's what remember, i mean he looked bad that, at the beginning of the season. around him in like week like eight or nine and there was that one play that he was like trent like straight up like trent richardson like he could, like, couldn't find the hole in his offensive line it was bad yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I, it maybe it was a slow curve, and maybe he's clear and sailing, and he's ready to roll. But Naeem Hines isn't going anywhere, and that offense is not dedicated to. They resigned Marlon Mack, who's coming off an Achilles injury. I mean, it to me that what the coaches are doing doesn't scream that they're ready to just give him the reins. And that's the thing. And I, it, I'm saying if J.K. Dobbins gets the full workload, there's a chance he could get up there because I just don't know if JT reproduces what he did last year. I feel like JT too is going to be outside that top five. Everybody's ready to put him there, but we are forgetting about guys like CMC. Alvin Kamara is still going to be there. Dalvin Cook's still going to be All there. All those guys like that who don't Barkley. receive the ball but rush a lot, they'll be top 10 but not top five. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I But that's the thing, and that's where it's like if Dobbins never gets that passing volume – he might never catch JT, but I feel like he's going to be neck and neck with JT unless JT really gets that full role. If he turns into that. What do you think about Clyde Edwards Alaire next season? I don't know. I feel like he's bound for positive touchdown regression because he only got like, what, like two? Yeah. And the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I I just think the Chiefs are kind of a weird running back team. Not going to lie. Yeah, they're just another one of those. It's just like that kind of like a rotational. Oh, we got got a ch lover here i'm with you man i love i mean i i don't mind him i just i don't know it's just an offense that's hard to speculate and like he just wasn't very good last year i mean he was but like he kind of just fell off the face of the earth for like no real i mean he got hurt and i don't know if he just never recovered and they kind of just went with bell as like a safety plan but then it was like darwin thompson got in there they confused me they kind of just remind me of Derek mckinnon is there now yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be Clyde's backfield. I mean, they spent the first on him. I think it they're going to give him another shot. And he looked good at times, and that's what I mean, I think. Well, that's the thing, too. In real life, he was good. Yeah. Fantasy, he wasn't because he had a ton of yards. If he got up to, like, eight touchdowns, he would have been amazing. Yeah. He just needed and touchdowns. I, I saw a stat somewhere that he had five touchdowns called back due to holding penalties last season. Did. He did. And I always tell people that. I don't know. I didn't know the number, so thank you. I'll use that going forward. But, like, I was watching Red Zone. I always watch, like, every single bit of Red Zone because I'm doing the social media stuff. And I love the NFL, obviously. But um, but Clyde, there were so many plays where he would score and it was a penalty. And it was just such bad luck. Like, he'll get more, he'll get at least four or five next season. Like, no way. There was yeah, no I way definitely think, I definitely think Clyde's a good buy. Like, way to bring him up, Luke. I mean, he's not in the uh, AFC North, but you know what I mean. He's a great buy. I, I love it. Like, I, I just love that. I mean, I think he's a very good buy because people are kind of disgusted from him. He still costs a lot. I mean, he's not like you're going to go get him for, like, a second. But, like, he still costs it, but he might be one of those guys that's worth it. I mean, he's definitely got top 10 upside just because of the offense he's on. Like you said, I mean, if he improves his touchdown, like, I, I guess you'd say touchdown production that – 
I mean, he definitely has that upside. I think he gets involved in the passing game more than we'll say like a Jonathan Taylor or even JK Dobbins. I mean, I would personally, I'm going to say this. I think I'd almost rather own CEH than say Swift. I mean, I think that's kind of where I feel, but I just don't know what, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. You know what I mean? Anthony Lynn doesn't run the ball as much as everybody thinks. He still throws the ball a decent amount. And I think that the receivers that are there aren't like, I mean, they're not great. And Jared Goff's not. Don't you great, trash talk about Ross St. Brown like that's my boy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not. Him. I'm not. I like him on Ross St. Brown. I, I was pretty high on him. I just, I just don't think that. I just think that I don't Swift, know if they're going to get that volume. And he also wasn't. I mean, it was a concussion, but like he didn't stay healthy last year, and he didn't he get didn't. that big of a workload. When so, he was in though, and he was getting the workload, he was really oh, good. He was the a thing, monster. I the thing is Swift, with him but, is that I think that he could be like Alvin Kamara Jr. That's the yeah. kind of place out he reminds me of. And I feel like that's what they want to use him as. I mean, he had the head coach came from the Saints. I'm not trying to say that he's going to run that way because he's not even the offensive coordinator. They have that weird head coach and then two coordinators thing. Um, but I think that they really, really like DeAndre Swift. He was my favorite prospect coming out. I liked him more than Jonathan Taylor because he was, also had the receiving profile. I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I think it, I think it was like 50 50. Um, but I'm trying to stick to my landing spot over. Uh, sorry, town over landing spot thing. I think DeAndre Swift is uh, really, really good. He's a top 10 dynasty running back for me. I love Swift. All right. Well, I'm sorry. No, I just, I, I do. I like Swift a lot. I just think that, I don't know. I feel like those two are very close to me. You know what I mean? Like Clyde and Swift. Yeah. They're like, they're yeah. like there. And it's like, if Clyde stays healthy, I think he's going to outproduce Swift because I just don't think Swift's going to stay healthy for the whole season. I mean, that's my personal I just yeah. feel like it just seems that way. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it was just a fluke thing that last year, and he just had a tough time getting over that concussion. But I don't know. I'm just not ready to jump on the super hype of DeAndre Swift because, again, it's another thing that, okay, if DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson are really your only two options, what's the defense going to do? They're going to key in I'm on DeAndre Ross Swift. I'm St. Brown, baby, the <laughs> wide receiver one. No, I'm kidding. Um, I actually think the receiving core won't be that terrible. I mean, it's, it's Quintus yeah. Cephas, Amon Ross St. Brown. Who else is there? No, Rashad, yeah. per- Rashad, Rashad Perryman, Perryman and, and Tyrell Williams. So like. in Hawkins, I think okay, that's actually one. Tyrell Williams is one of my favorite deep sleepers right now. I found out I rostered him on like two rosters, and I like got super amped when he signed. I was like, wait a minute, what? He really like when he was healthy and playing, like he was pretty okay. Like he was like yeah. a flex wide receiver two ish yeah. kind of player every week, and I think he can be pretty good if he plays well. I mean, he's been out for a while, but it's worth an ad. He's worth an ad for sure. All right, Ryan. I think we're gonna close it out here. Bring Sorry. us home. Me, 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 and Luke kind of uh, ran it over. But Ryan, why don't you let everybody know where uh, they can find you and if you got anything going on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mackey underscore FFB. Uh, don't really have anything going on right now. Just uh, if you guys go check out my pinned tweet over there on Twitter. Uh, cousin born with autism still missing after a week and a half. So if you guys go check that out and uh, everything, I'd really appreciate that. Other than that, I'd, I'm good. Luke, yeah. thanks for joining us. Really fun talking about it. Always, man. I'm, I'm always happy to spend uh, spill some Mountain Dew on the floor and leave mid-show for some reason. So that's the yeah, It's going to be a tradition. Like, when we have you back on, it's going to be a tradition. You don't have to spill yeah. the Mountain Dew because, like, that. No, I will. Nasty. I'll go full. But, like, you got to, you got to, you got to leave at least like partway through, just like randomly. I'll like, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll dump Mountain Dew like on myself or something. I don't All know. Right. We'll see. I'll figure it well, out. Figure it Luke, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on? Yeah, uh, nothing crazy. I actually do. If anyone's watching live still, I'm about to go live for my show. Uh, I'm doing Fantasy Jeopardy uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, which is in three minutes. 
Uh, should be a great time. Uh, just come follow me on my Twitter. It's just at Luke Sawhook. If you can't see it on the screen, wherever you're watching, it's just it's Luke and then Saw, then Hook. It's exactly how it sounds. Overthink it. It's not some random Russian gibberish, I promise. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Just go check out my social media work I'm doing. And yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. This is a good time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely check out Dynasty Jeopardy. It's our uh, Fantasy Jeopardy. It's a good time. Um, I am Jeremy. You can find me at Pope's FFH. And like Luke said, definitely send him a follow. Send Ryan a follow. Send us a uh, podcast at FF Playmakers a follow. Um, until next week, guys, take care.